You looking for an online sports book with fast payouts and easy to use interface? Look no further than mybookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live betting. Go take a look for yourself at mybookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down. Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? I bet you don't care. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What is up? Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, number 175. It is the Tuesday, December 5th edition of the show. I'm Gary. Chris is out today. I wanted to go ahead and give you guys the college football recap from Championship Week. Alabama is in. They are in at number four in the playoff. You got your number one team, Clemson. Your number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Georgia. They will be playing in the Rose Bowl. And you've got number four, Alabama, who got in over Ohio State. Clemson and Alabama will round out New Year's Day in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Now, if that doesn't sound like an Alabama home game, I don't know what does. Let's go ahead and recap the weekend, though. The game that really mattered, the game that that pointed to everything that was going on. Ohio State 27, Wisconsin 21. That, listen, the game could not have gone any better for Alabama. At bottom line, bottom line, it could not have gone any better. What you needed, if you were an Alabama fan, or if you were rooting for the SEC to get two teams in, you needed Ohio State to win the game and not look very good doing it. I mean, that's that's all it took. JT Barrett went 4 of 11 for 29 yards with one interception in the second half. It, Ohio State obviously looked like the better team than Wisconsin. But you could tell this from the get-go that the committee did not respect what Wisconsin was. They were a 12-0 Power 5 team that was ranked behind a two-loss Auburn team, a one-loss Oklahoma team, and a one-loss Clemson team. They didn't play anybody. And when they finally played a team that had some speed and some talent... Even though JT Barrett was coming off knee surgery and whatever else, it didn't matter. Ohio State had better athletes, had better football players, possibly better coaching, and they couldn't get it done. Ohio State wins it 27-21. They scored six points in the second half, two field goals. Uh, I I could not understand for the life of me, late in that ball game, why Urban Meyer would go for it on fourth and one from or fourth and inches from, like, the 13-yard line, but wouldn't go for it on fourth and one from the three. He just kicked the field goal with, with over five minutes left. 
So I, I didn't really understand that. College game day looked like it was a lot of fun from uh, from the ACC uh, championship game in Charlotte. Nick Saban was on college game day. At the boos from the Clemson fans were were unreal. Saban came on uh, SVP on uh, Sports Center at midnight or whatever time it was. I mean, it was really late. Uh, and he started talking, if we had lost to an unranked team in our conference by 30 points, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And he's probably right. Uh, if Alabama had lost to Kentucky, even if that was their only loss, if they had lost by 30 at Kentucky or, or at Texas A&M, who was also 7-5, and five, just it, name any other 7-5 and five team. It's about the same thing. It, nobody would be talking about this. Uh, but Urban Meyer hopped on after him and explained that they beat two top four teams and whatnot, which is not the case because you cannot point to top four teams at the time. If that's the case, then Alabama's got a top three win over Florida State. It, it's just not its not the same thing. I put up an article about how Alabama's TV ratings may have helped them get in. Uh, look, it doesn't really matter if you put Alabama or Ohio State in as far as ratings go. If you think that Alabama is the better team, then they deserve to be in. Like I, it, I'm, I'm leaning more towards what Chris said, where if you get beat by 30 points at some point in the season, then you don't deserve to play for a national title. Like that's that's just the direction that I'm going to go on this. Um, I don't know that it had anything to do with TV ratings. I think it is very interesting that the three debates that we have had, the first one between Ohio State, TCU, and Baylor. Ohio State had the better TV ratings. Between Ohio State and Penn State last year, Ohio State had the better TV ratings. This year, between Ohio State and Alabama, Alabama had the better TV ratings. Look, the playoff is a TV show. It always has been. And Alabama, like it or not, draws eyeballs. So that is something that I think might have played in. I don't know that it played into it too much, but if ESPN had anything to do with it, then yes, I, I could totally see that. I I have always been the conspiracy theorist. There may not have been any conspiracy at all. Alabama, they may just think Alabama's a better football team. Numbers-wise, if you look at the metrics and whatnot, aside from that 30-point loss, which I know you can't throw out, Ohio State definitely had the better resume. But with the 30-point loss, and then you get beat by 15 on your own field by Oklahoma, like it, it wasn't the Oklahoma loss that did them in. It was the Iowa loss. Like, even if you had it scheduled, say, Mercer, which everybody wants to point to, even if you had done that, it's still tough for people to get over getting drubbed 55-24 to 24 in November by a 7-5 football team. So, you know, I, I don't know which direction to go. I was on the Penn State side last year. I, I didn't know. I, I don't think that Alabama deserved to be in this year. But who knows? I mean, we've got Clemson-Alabama 3 now. If Alabama goes out and wins the game, I mean, it definitely looks good for the committee at that point. It did not look good for them last year when Ohio State went out and got dropped 31 to nothing by Clemson. So we'll see what plays out there. The, uh, the biggest rated TV game of the year was the SEC championship game. Georgia 28, Auburn 7. Look, Gus Malzahn at the end of the last game when Auburn beat him 40-17 to 17 or whatever it was, he said, we whipped the dog crap, out, uh, dog crap out of him. And that became a huge thing with Georgia players, with Georgia fans, et cetera, et cetera. And Georgia absolutely dominated them. And I'll tell you this, Auburn is not the same team when, when two different things go on. One, when Kerryon Johnson isn't 100%, 100% 
He look that team is just not the same football team. It, he was out for the LSU game. He was injured during the Clemson game. Um, and then he wasn't 100 percent for this one. And they're 0 and 3 in those spots. And then all, when Auburn isn't playing at home, that's a bigger thing, right? Look, they got beat 14 to 6 at Clemson. They got beat 27 to 23 at LSU. Whenever they're not at Jordan Hare, this is a different football team. When they went on a neutral field with the same team that they absolutely dominated, they in turn got dominated. This was not a Georgia home game. This was this might have been 60-40 Georgia fans. If Auburn doesn't have that crowd behind them, it's a, it's a whole different team. Like Kirby Smart, he's got Georgia playing for a national championship in year two. Georgia's gamble on firing a fantastic coach in Mark Richt absolutely paid off. Absolutely paid off. Um, I don't, I mean, no, this could not have turned out any better for them. Year one did not look good, but you could tell that things were kind of headed in the right direction. You had to hope that they have, you know, the quarterback to, to kind of flip this thing around. And it's not the quarterback that necessarily wins the games, but he's not losing them for him. And that's an important thing. Like, I, Look at this. Look at this. Auburn beat two number one teams in a row. They were playing Georgia for a playoff berth. And they're now headed to the Peach Bowl to play UCF. Like, this could be a spot where UCF could easily beat these guys. Because how excited is Auburn going to even be to play in this game? Like, we, we've seen this before, right? Alabama and Florida back in 2008. Alabama is playing. Alabama's number one in the country at that point. They are playing Florida for a chance to go play for a national title against an Oklahoma team that, that either of those teams would have been favored over. Florida ended up beating them by 10. Probably could have beat them worse. Alabama, the same thing would have happened. Same thing. But this is one of those spots where Auburn, look, they had everything laid out in front of them. If they win this game, they are in the playoff. They're the number two seed. They're playing the best football in the country. And now they have to go play back in Mercedes-Benz Stadium against UCF? I, I don't know how excited they're going to be for this. So, yeah, th- this was definitely not uh, not what Auburn fans had in mind. And then immediately turning around after that, the day after, and giving Gus Malzahn a seven-year, $49 million contract so that he won't go to Arkansas? Look, I mean, if Auburn gets beat by UCF, you're going to have fans screaming for his head again. Like this, I, I did not expect this to happen. I, I fully expected Malzahn to take that Arkansas job just because of the uncertainty of the, the AD spot at Auburn, the fact that you never know when you're going to be on the hot seat, etc. But his buyout is crazy now. He's going to be there for a while. I don't know what he is without Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Without Nick Marshall, they looked awful. They got Jared Stidham. Stidham started playing well. He figured out the offense towards the end of the year. But then Georgia absolutely beats the brakes off of him. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Malzahn. Uh, the third game, Clemson 38, Miami 3 in the ACC championship game. Look, even that score is closer than what this game really was. It was never even that close. Miami's 22-yard field goal with less than three minutes left was absolutely the saddest field goal that I have ever seen. They kicked that just so they don't have a goose egg on the scoreboard. Like, Clemson's offense dominated Miami's defense. Clemson's defense dominated Miami's offense. 
I mean, Clemson looks really good. I, I don't understand how this team lost to Syracuse. I have no idea. Like, Miami had the Auburn thing going on, right? Like, at home in big games, they look outstanding, but they got the crowd behind them. Away from home, it's just an average football team. Now, it sucks because they had some major, major injuries. Um, but look, Mark Rick still has this thing on track. Man, at losing like this, though, it looks a lot like some of his old Georgia teams. These are the problems that Georgia had, right? When you get into a big-time spot, he did not deliver. And I don't know that you can necessarily blame that on him yet, but but eventually he's going to have to figure out something. He's going to have to figure out what to do with that Miami team. They got a lot of young guys. They got a lot of guys coming back. They're going to be really good again next year. Um, but, man, will they ever be able to get over – the Clemson hump because Dabo has got that thing absolutely rolling right now absolutely rolling uh the fourth big game Oklahoma 41 TCU 17 look Baker Mayfield is is just other world good uh TCU gave up a fumble for a touchdown early and and they hung around early but it never felt like Oklahoma was in trouble never felt like it whatsoever it, the game got a little out of hand in the third quarter and Look, Oklahoma, Georgia has got their hands full with them. They have got their hands full with Oklahoma because I don't know of any other quarterback in the country that that is anything like this. I mean, he is just he he's on another level, and he'll end up winning the Heisman. It it doesn't matter with the uh, the fu and the crotch grab and you know the the getting arrested for public intox and whatever at the beginning of the season. None of that matters. Bottom line is he is the best player in college football this year, and I don't think it's close. I really don't. The uh, the fifth game, USC 31, Stanford 28. That was on Friday night. Clay Helton is officially a Pac-12 championship coach. At Stanford looked a lot better this go-around. Uh, if you remember, USC beat them 42-24 to in the first game. Uh, Stanford looked better. They're... they're more well coached the team looks more together with uh with a better quarterback playing they they're just they're a lot better than they were but you can just tell that USC has got better athletes all over the field uh, we can get into the uh the, the missed spot I don't know that it was a missed spot um but you know there's USC was the better football team I don't know that I would have agreed if you had put them into the playoff but, you know, people want to talk about their scheduling. I mean, they, they had the number 11 strength of schedule in the country. They, look, they played some tough teams this year. They're out of conference. They played non-conference games. And then out of conference, they played Western Michigan, who made it to a Cotton Bowl last year. They played uh, Texas. And they played Notre Dame. And they lost to Notre Dame, and they lost a Friday night game to Washington State. Look, your TV contract says that you have to play Friday night games sometimes. And that sucks. Like, if you've got a team that that is on a short week with playoff implications, playing at a, a difficult place to play, that's that's just difficult. USC had injuries this year, et cetera, et cetera. They, they look healthy now. And that game with, with them in Ohio State is going to be a lot of fun in the Cotton Bowl. That's on December 29th. We'll, we'll go over the full bowl breakdown and whatnot we're gonna have uh we're gonna have a lot of bowl specials a whole lot of them 
and it should be fun. We're going to go over the gifts and, and all that good stuff that, that each game gets. Um, and tomorrow on the show, Chris and I are going to go over a lot of stuff. Uh, Peter Burns from the SEC Network put out a, a surreal ranking of last week's events in the SEC. I'll go on and give you the ranking, and then Chris and I are going to go through each one of these. Number one was the Tennessee coaching search. Number two was Alabama losing the Iron Bowl and still making the playoffs. Uh, Fulmer in his Tennessee athletic director takeover. Jimbo Fisher to A&M for $75 million. Dan Mullen going from Mississippi State to Florida. Georgia wins the SEC championship, blowing out Auburn after, uh, after Auburn blew them out three weeks ago. The Ole Miss sanctions got pushed all the way back because it, you know, it, it was a perfect time to, to drop those for Ole Miss because nobody paid attention uh Gus Malzahn gets a seven-year 49 million dollar extension like I talked about and that was after being blown out in the SEC championship game and then finally at the bottom of the list at number nine Mississippi State hired Joe Moorhead and we talked a little bit about that but we'll we'll talk about it again tomorrow um eventually sometime this week we're going to talk about uh you know different ways to change up the playoff whether it's with conference realignment uh without conference realignment moving it to eight teams moving it to six teams et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but but in the meantime, uh, that that is the end of the college football regular season. We we've got one game. We've got Army Navy this coming weekend, but other than that, the games are done. The playoff field is set. The bowl games are set. Looks like it's going to be a very interesting December and January. I'll tell you that. So for now, though, I am getting out of here. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show. That's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.